started. Oh, yeah, oh my god. What movie did we watch? Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> Alright, I followed it up. Return of the Living Ow. Dead. Oh, I'm sorry. We didn't you touched me. Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 38 The Return of the Living Dead. They're back from the grave and ready to podcast. Yes. Excellent. Too much rock for one hand. <laughs> oh. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at night. Mostly. I am your host, Chaos. I am your co-host, Carnage. And with us tonight, we have our guest host back, Just Joe. Hello, Just Joe. Hello and good evening. Good Hello evening. and good evening. Hello and good evening. We're all proper and formal here. I know, I feel so... Like I was born with a silver spoon in my fangs. Uh, Tonight we did The Return of the Living Dead from 1985. It was a comedy horror sci-fi. It was rated R an hour and 31 minutes long and it got a 7.4 on that IMDb scale. How about that there tomato meter? You are gonna love the tomato meter. Red Splash? No. Green splash? No. Perfect score? Tomato meter is a 91%. Yes. Critic consensus, a punk take on the zombie genre, Return (laughs) of the Living Dead injects a healthy dose of 80s silliness to the flesh consuming. Audience score, 79%. That's good. Good stuff. Yep. Why are you smirking? You don't even know what you get on this movie. How about a summary? Tell her to stop smirking at me first. She's just I'm just smirking. smiling. She's happy to podcast this week. Um, okay, how about a summary? Uh, we delve into the medical supply company, You Need It, and things go awry. <laughs> awry. Awry. Thanks awry. to the Army. Thanks, Army. Thanks, Army. Yeah, to be clear, this was the <laughs> 1980s Army. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if the audience remembers how the Army and police were written in the 80s, but Ooh. it wasn't favorable. No, it was not. It's the Bush era, wasn't it? Reagan. Was it Reagan at that point? Yeah, it, it was, was Reagan. Reagan. 1980 to 80. Uh, and that really explains all you need to know about this movie. Ta-da! Just go read about Reagan and you'll understand everything. And kids, ketchup is not a vegetable, no matter what you read about Reagan. Just saying. <laughs> they tried. They tried so hard. They tried so hard. Um, yeah. Miss Carnage, tear down this podcast. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I will say it was directed and written by Dan O'Bannon. I wanted to add that in there. Who's Dan O'Bannon? Yeah, who is Dan O'Bannon? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> because Dan O'Bannon uh, made his first and arguably greatest impact to date as a screenwriter on Alien in 1979. And Aliens. And Aliens. But I was just saying that was his first. Why is it? That was a... Tough, uh, tough thing to follow. A tough movie to follow. Alien. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that is very true. But we did Total Recall too. Yes, we did. He Total did. Recall. And Alien vs. Predator. Oh yep. no, he didn't. Yes, he did. <laughs> Wait, no, so he lied. Yes, he did. Yes, I he lied. Did. 
I, I wouldn't put that movie on my credits if I were him, Alien vs. Predator. I'd leave that off. It's, uh... <laughs> different? It's... It's better than Predator 2. Let's put it that way. Because has anyone seen Predator 2 with Danny Glover? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bill Paxton was in Predator 2. It was fucking horrible. Gary Busey and Bill Paxton were both in it, though. It was fucking horrible. So was Danny Glover and uh, Adam Baldwin, and it was fucking horrible. But I seem to remember enjoying it. But I also enjoyed Alien vs. Predator, even though I know it's a bad movie. It's not a good movie. It's not as bad as Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Oh no, fuck no. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Don't spoil it. Oh my it. god. Don't it's, spoil it, that's It wins. spoils itself. Who <laughs> <laughs> wins? Oh my god. <laughs> that's spoiling movies for me. <laughs> uh oh let's 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 do um oh for I didn't even do I haven't even gotten to like for noobs yet. Oh, poor noobs. We got sidetracked there on Mr. O'Bannon. They're so lost. Hi, if anybody's um, listening for the first time, hello, welcome, Vilkaman, Bienvenu, come on in. And why don't you uh, sit on down for a spell? (laughs) We are not Southern, no. Unless you have Texas gold, then you can sit on down for a spell. Okay, that's true. But anyway, um, no, if you're new, I, we just like to start off the podcast by saying that um, this show is about two best friends who have very dark, dry senses of humor and love to argue and love to argue about horror movies and love to bring their friends on to argue about horror movies and then love to argue about everything else. Some Mama Carnage might cause irreverence. Just saying. Mama Carnage called us irreverent. Called me irreverent all the time. She called you irreverent. Oh yeah, I'm an irreverent motherfucker all the time. But I'm not irreverent. Wow. Ooh, you're the that's... voice of reason. Didn't I tell you whoa, that? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's yeah, not get ahead of ourselves here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, this really happened. Why? Am, how am I the voice of reason? Because you talked about something stupid apparently, and that made you the voice of reason for me. You oh, do that life? once, and you're labeled forever. I know, right? No, she's done it twice now. Twice. You've done it twice. Twice. So you're my voice of reason, apparently. You are the rudder. I mean, it was twice, like, when a matter of, like, ten years, but still, it was twice. (laughs) Well, every time, every, you know, every once in a while, a blind squirrel finds a nut. What can I say? I think the last time was, like, 2004, actually. So it was more than ten years. See, she writes these down. I should be adding them to my resume. Oh Look, my gosh. I did so two so. things right in ten years. Put it on the fucking record. Carnage's voice of reason. And also oh, Soul Keeper. Just we gotta tell that story sometime. Soul this. Keeper? I know, we do. Just Joe's wearing his Mostly Podcast at night. Yes, yes. Yay. He's rocking it well. Can they go on? No, they can't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they will be we'll edit that later. out later. I Soon thought I was gonna do a plug here, but since... Yeah. Special. Now I feel even more special. Actually, I could just like click a couple buttons and they would be able to. But <laughs> coming click soon. Click a couple buttons so they can because I yeah. know a couple people that want them. Yeah, I totally can. Click can a couple buttons and make them available? Okay, coming Ooh. soon for the for the uh, so, patrons. Uh, you can get your own they mostly podcast at night T-shirt, which we'll totally take a picture of so you can see what it looks like. Yes, you yes. should. 
Joe, will you model it for us? Please? Sure. Thank I would you. love to. There we go. With Don't worry, we'll get you from like our the very neck down. Um, guest. That's where the shirt Joe. is. Money so. shop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going there then. Yeah, that <laughs> okay. just happened. Moving I'm on. Kidding. Winning. Back All right. to the film. Making Joe Were we even talking? <laughs> Uh, we were we, about. We we, I just it. told the, the noobs uh, what we were like, and then we told the noobs what we were like when we continued to talk about just random bullshit. And now um, it's time for the summary. I did do the summary. No, you did your. I did a good enough summary. Come on, you did your zombie summary. I things you were go crazy. Do a real summary. No, shit happens. It's hysterical. What? what? It's, it's a funny zombie movie. <laughs> It is. Okay, I totally agree with that. Just, Joe, do you have anything to add on that summary other than it's a sterile zombie movie? It is. If you want to take a look back at what crazy, funny movies were like... I didn't even realize that sound was going on in the background. In the 1980s, this would be the perfect... This would be the perfect specimen to examine of what horror comedies were like in the 80s. Yes. And what subculture was in the 80s. Yes, and what subculture was Lots of different... Sections of some culture. <laughs> this movie's really a snapshot of 1985's Dark Underbelly. It really I is. remember this. This was just like, you know, when I was five, everything was just like this movie. We had those You had a disturbing childhood then. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I, we I'm had the graveyard that people came out the of. The tar zombie shouting brains at your little five year old face. Some, <laughs> some people would think Back to the Future in 1985. No. For, for you, it's Return of the Living Dead. Pretty accurate. Zombies of the Tuck. Zombies. <laughs> We're talking I'll, I'll read from Rotten Tomatoes. When a mysterious military chemical gets into the atmosphere, it ends up soaking into a cemetery down in Bayou Land, and the bodies are brought back to life. It seems that after their healthy snoozes, these creeps have developed quite an appetite, but not for just any old food. These hungry zombies want human brains. Yeah. Brains. Rating R for adult situations, language, nudity, and violence. Yeah, because they did have situation. the obligatory, like, booby dance. Oh my god, the punk girl who had to take off all her clothes and dance on a grave, yep. You know, that was another cornerstone of the 80s. Topless, full frontal nudity for no good reason. Not yep. a gravestone, nonetheless. Listen to me, Hollywood. Bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> I love the names of the characters. Oh, they're great. Suicide. Trash. <laughs> scuzz. Spider. Like, I know. I want a name like that. What can, what can my punk 80s name be? Okay, when I was uh, a kid, I really wanted to be a spider. I mean, like, named spider. Oh, well, you can name me spider, even though it's already taken. Don't you guys already have Chaos Incarnate, Jerry Phillips? Yeah, but we don't have punk 80s names. That's just our non-diplume for the, the podcast. Uh, like, you're just Joe. Right. You're not Joe. You're just Joe. Just. Just Joe. The whole title. Like, he I really should have been Joe Mentum. He should have been Joe Mentum. Damn it, too late to change that now, though. Probably. <laughs> uh, but, like, you need an 80s punk name, though. Like, what was your 80s that punk name? That was your 80s punk name. Joe, Joe Mentum. Mentum. Joe Mentum. <laughs> 80s punk name, Joe Mentum. Yeah. Can I be Rainbow Bright? Sure. More, that's more 80s product placement than. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you go for Pepsi Rainbow Bright? <laughs> <laughs> Jello Pudding Pop Rainbow Bright. Hey, I love the Cosby sweater. Cosby sweater, that's my 80s punk name. Cosby sweater. You don't want to be associated with no Cosby. Not the Cosby, just the sweaters. I don't think you want to even be associated with You don't want to tread those waters. Kinky dad sweater. Can that be what? Kinky dad sweater. Kinky dad sweater. I like that one. Alright, that's my 80s punk name. Kinky dad sweater. 
And I have my drag name, which was um, Sexodrome. <laughs> <laughs> which I actually haven't found a picture of. You gotta post that now. I did post it. Did you post it on Instagram? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's on my Instagram, Sexodrome, yeah. Nice. And all it says is my drag name. And I, and I put in the caption, like, this gets no explanation. Sexodrome. Love that. Sexodrome. I love that I found a store called that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already want to know the what they sell. Ever. They sell, um... Yeah, they sell sex toys. Oh. And lingerie. Just like what you think. There's a whole street of it. It's a children's bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sell like, um, all your favorites. I can't think of anything right now. Fern and the Bowl. No longer Next curious. Next to the vibrators. No longer curious, George. <laughs> Bye, curious, George. Yeah. Horton hears a hoo <laughs> Oh my god. Are you my baby mama? So, zomb- so zombies versus punks. Zombies, punks versus yes. zombies. This was hard. The punks did not do well. No. No one did well. The zombies did well. The zombies did really well. The zombies pretty much were winning, and that's why the government had to come in and just nuke the entire site from orbit. Because that's the Save. only way to be sure. See, I'll get into that later. No, go but, ahead. you know. If they would have called... Well, we should explain. It requires more explanation first. So the synopsis basically is this guy gets in... What, if, what would you do if you got a job and then you found out that not only was your favorite horror movie real, based on, you know, real events, but some of that was in the basement of the building that you now worked in? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do? Yeah. I would like immediately invite go all down my friends there and open it. Because that's what Freddie does. That's what yes. Freddie and uh, I can't remember what's the Frank. Frank, 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 Frank and Freddie immediately go downstairs, and well, one of the drums accidentally ruptures and covers them with strange chemicals. Frank being James Karen and Freddie Tom Matthews. Not that I thank you, think the chaos. I know any no. of these people, but no. Except for Clue Gulliger, who played Bert. Who was he? Bert? No. You said we're Norman other things. We're Norman. Clue Gulliger? Oh, you probably only know him if he was in, like, when, because if you watch, like, bad movies. Oh, okay. Like, Crow on MST3K had a Clue Gulliger alert that he was always, <laughs> always oh, okay. Clue Gulliger yeah, alert looking for Clue Gulliger. If your movie appears on MST3K... You're probably a bad actor. <laughs> and you'll probably eventually encounter that movie here on this podcast. Yes. Very true. Or if not here, the subsect trash fire movies. <laughs> Dumpster <Yeah>. fire movies. <laughs> Which, I don't know, we might have to talk about Manos, The Hands of Fate. Maybe. Mm. But that would have to be another one that just Joe is a part of. Yes, definitely. Yes. So yes, uh, the chemical is released, and it, of course, uh, brings the medical cadaver upstairs back to life. As, yeah. you know, these things tend to happen. As, as you do. But... You know what, if they would have just called the number on the side of the can right away, or they would have called the number, you know, the 14 years earlier when they first arrived at the medical warehouse by mistake, you know, disaster averted. Like, you just accept a barrel of toxic chemical you don't know what. With cadavers inside. Wait, that's wrong? Because I have some in my basement. With cadavers inside, <laughs> and you're a medical facility who has to apply, you know, conform to safety regulations, but instead you just shove it in the basement and don't even bother to okay. call the convenient phone number on the side of it the It was barrel. 1985. OSHA was, like, laughable. 
There was no safety regulations. You just did whatever you want. You used to bathe in toxic no, no, waste. No, no, Did your mother bury you in toxic waste? Uh, no, that never happened. <laughs> Maybe that's why I would tail. You know, actually, I think in the 80s, we started becoming and more safety conscious. You know. In the 70s, tail. you could smoke wherever you wanted to. Yeah. In the 80s, they kind of started cutting back on that. Yeah, maybe a little. I don't know. But that's why you wouldn't question it, though, if it came in the 70s. Okay. Right. All right. So, ignore the safety regulations part of my argument. I'm sorry. <laughs> wouldn't you still just be like, I don't want this in my basement. I'm going to call the phone on number. Yeah. No. Or why would you... Who signed for this? I know. Who's going to sign for that? You did. You did. Of course you did. It was you, wasn't it? You it was four. Me. You were I like, sure. To, no, I took it to Lori back in time. I wasn't even born yet. Was, 14 years prior. Was Randall Graves working that day? And that would be chaos then. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just signed for this? I don't know. Freddie kind of reminds me of Randall a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little Shit. bit. It was me. It was you. Yeah. So you collect all those souls for nothing. Doesn't even get you any common sense. You just sign for toxic waste. But the uh, the opening credits of that of, of the movie are great. It shows the barrel being ruptured and the body inside beginning to melt. Yes. Oh my god, I love the tar zombie so much. It's so tar awesome best looking. Thing. Played by a mime, also, so the movements were extra creepy. Yeah, it was so good. Wouldn't want to so wear that makeup good. though. No, I have a question. That looked horrible. Yes, I have two questions. I probably don't go have for it. Um, Don Kalfa, who played, um, Ernie, Ernie. Mm-hmm. from the neck up, again, we're from the neck up here, does he remind you of that priest, this, I kick ass for the Lord? Yes. Okay. They could be related. Uh, they remind me so but much from uh, Brad Dane Burton. Before we go too much farther, yeah. we have to address the Burton Ernie, uh, yes. link <laughs> in this movie. The owner of the medical supply warehouse is named Bert. And the owner of the mortuary slash crematorium next door is Ernie. To be fair, spelled yes. incorrectly for Bert, though. Right. Yes. yes. But the writers of the film claim that it was a coincidence and not a reference to Sesame Street or It's a Wonderful Life. Although, how could it not be? I mean, really, how could it not be? Well, I don't remember Ernie and Sesame Street being a Nazi, though, like this Ernie was. I don't know. He was pretty, uh... He had a portrait of Eva Braun. Eva Braun on his uh, yeah. wall. No, I'm talking about was... the Sesame Street. Oh, the Sesame Street one. Uh, Ernie. No, Bert. Bert was the uh, was the curmudgeon on Sesame Street. But Ernie, yeah, this guy. I think it's left to your determination whether or not he is an escaped Nazi. But the, the, the evidence is there. It's pretty. Yeah, I was gonna say it's pretty. Yeah. Uh... Pretty. There. So who who wants to uh, describe the plot here? That what happens after the. Medical You're doing pretty okay, good. so the medical cadaver upstairs comes to life, and they remember. Okay, so it's it's based on a semi sequel slash tribute to Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. and they reference it in the movie Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. It's actually made by one of the co-producers of Night of the Living Dead. They yes. tried to get George Romero on board, but he never returned their phone call. There's yeah, was there some uh, bad blood there? Or maybe he just, I don't know. Maybe he changed be. his number. <laughs> maybe he changed his number. He changed his number. Jenny, don't change his number. He kept doing that to number. me. I'm just saying, I kept trying to call him. He kept changing his number. Damn, restraining orders. So How they try killing the medical cadaver upstairs that has come to life in a hilarious scene. Yes. And then they figure out that metal, destroying the brain doesn't work. So their solution is to dismember the body, 
And then they decide that they're going to dispose of the body by taking it next door to the crematorium and burning it in the furnace. And then it just gets worse from there. <laughs> you say worse, I say better. <laughs> better, worse. Well, for them it gets worse. It gets like, more hilarious from there. Everything just keeps getting worse. It's a comedy of errors. And the best part, the name of the cemetery is... Resurrection Yay! Cemetery! <laughs> Which someone should really Fortune talk to the administrators of that cemetery, because it, it is a really bad cemetery. <laughs> the upkeep is terrible. Yes, for sure. I, I just love how it's this just, like, it's gross, and it's horror, but it's a comedy of errors. It's funny. <laughs> so That's when hilarious. they burn the body in the furnace, the chemical is released up into the clouds, it rains and goes into the ground into the cemetery, and the dead start to come back to life. And they party. Wait, uh, by feasting on brains. That's a party. By feasting on brains. Party for most people. Where have you been? <laughs> Don't invite me to your next party. You're invited. <laughs> Yeah. Blood, oh, brains, something. same difference, whatever. A big difference, thank you. <laughs> I'm um, not a zombie, okay. So then the police come and it just... Ineptitude all around. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And then they and finally like, have to nuke it from orbit. They all just keep, like... They all, they all just keep, like, rushing up to the very, like, closest... Like, none of them, like, you know, fall, like stay back, set up a perimeter, like, talk about how to go in. They just rush in there like some little kid with a matchbox car has them and is just, like, shoving them at the wall, like you Like the know? British Army? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Battle of the Somme for Zombies. <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Freddy and uh, Frank aren't feeling so well from their exposure to the gas. Oh. This no. is, as the zombies are rising from the ground, this is happening. Yes, inside. So they call paramedics who determine that Frank and Freddy are dead. Yeah. Yes. Meanwhile, Freddy's friends show up to pick him up from work and to pass the time away till he gets off work. Guess where they hang out? Topless party in the cemetery. Woo! Now I know what I'm doing this weekend. Just saying. Topless party in the, the cemetery. cemetery. Gotta do that soon before it gets too cold at night. Not a problem as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, real fast, I know I'm inserting a little trivia here, but speaking of the topless topless party in the cemetery, Dan O'Bannon went on a recorded saying that if he knew how many women were actually going to be in the audience, he would have had uh, Freddie? Yeah, Freddie naked too. Mm. He would have oh. shown a man naked as well. Because we would have loved that. Dan, that's okay. We're good. Yeah. But uh, Beverly Randolph, oh, I got some trivia about her when we get to trivia. Okay. Do you have anything else to add about the plot? It's, uh... I think you did a good job. Oh, well, thank you. Yes, in your fabulous NPR voice. Well, finally, after a while, they decide to call the number on the side of the barrel. Yeah. And that's when the army decides to nuke the entire site for morbid. Just to be sure. Only way to be sure. But then the fallout causes it to rain. And the process dun, starts dun, anew. Dun. And that's where the movie closes. Until the second one. Such a great closing. But the second one has nothing to do with the first one, story or plot-wise. They totally... And neither do one. the other two sequels. And they, they, okay, this is by far the best one in the series. Yeah. They just get exponentially worse from here. Yeah, they do. And what is it? The third one 
Okay, for Night of the Li- for Return of the Living Dead three, they just ripped off the music video November Rain and made it into a resurrection story with zombies. <laughs> it's like November Rain with resurrection and zombies. We'll have to link to that in the show notes. I should write that down. Now I want to mash up the video for November Rain and Return of the Living Dead 3. Ah. That would be so great. You know what? I'll remember for you. So that's pretty much all I've got on this movie. Check it out. It's, It's a pretty great horror comedy from the 80s. I love the nostalgia. Oh, the nostalgia's uh, great. The, the soundtrack is great. Yes, um, yes. Great soundtrack and great costumes. Oh, like the, the different punks you have. Like, you have mm-hmm. all sorts. But And this is also one of those movies that actually portray punks in a semi-positive light. Yeah. Yeah, it, I was thinking that as we were watching it. I was like, I mean, because honestly, it's it's... It could be better, but it's also, like, compared to what, how they usually get portrayed in right. movies, like, like, holy shit. This in the 19... 19- I was like, this one's actually pretty nice. This in the 1988 remake of The Blob actually portray, you know, punks in, in positive lights. Yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about, actually, a movie about punks, like SLC Punk or something like that. But when you're just talking about... Horror. Like, a movie that punks are in, yeah. and right. not the main characters, usually, yeah, they shit on them pretty hard. And since I know how that feels when they do it to goths, which they shit on even harder, but you yeah. see them less. It's like all these people could be friends, and I'm just looking at the, the picture of all of them. I'm like, it shouldn't work on any level, but it does it, for the movie. Yeah. Although in Star Trek IV, the punk scene on the bus is quite humorous. It yes, is it is. pretty funny. I love that one. Um, I thought the puppetry was very good, too. But there's, there is a difference between punks and jerks, also. Yes. Definitely. And William Shatner's son was a jerk. That's right. That was William Shatner's That's why he son. was killed by Klingons. Yes, it is. The uh, hair was terrible. Also. <laughs> anyway, wrong no, movie. I was just saying, the puppetry I thought was pretty good, too, for this movie. Yeah. Puppetry it was good. And makeup. Puppetry was good. Uh, Tony Gardner was wasn't responsible for the puppetry. He did a very good job, even though it was... He did. I love the one with blue eyes and blonde hair. <laughs> love that one. Perfect teeth. I love because the there's a skeleton oh, yes. cemetery that, they, or that, that, that was just farm. a torso, and they had her strapped down Which, to the table. That's another good point. Oh, that yeah, was that's her. her. This is the right. first movie to yeah. establish that zombies just eat brains. Right? Also. Yeah, it was. And although the zombies talking didn't stick in other movies, the zombies eating brains became a real trope of the genre. Here, though, you understood what the zombies' motives were, because eating brains stops the pain of rotting and being dead. Yes. Yeah. Before you didn't know what they wanted. Which wasn't the pain of being dead a Danzig song? <laughs> or at least a Misfits song? I want to say it was, but I'm not 100% <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it could be. Let's see. So I think this is all I want to say about this movie. Okay. Well, we'll get to trivia. So this cast is done. Don't ask me what I just googled. It was not that. It was not the right thing. Your secret is... Not safe with any of us. Well, I I don't know what it is, but you had a better vantage point than I did. I can't see anything. Are you kidding me? Okay, I can't find it. We have no mind. Um, Okay, so... Any other opinions... No, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was a good movie. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so trivia then. 
time for trivia. You had a piece about um, Beverly, didn't you? Yeah, but give me a second to pull it back. Can I, I'll pull up mine about Jewel while you're pulling that up. Oh. Um, Jewel, who played Casey, uh, Dan O'Bannon actually met her in a strip club, and he wanted her to be the topless dancer, but she was tired of being naked. So that's how she got the uh, role of Kay, Casey instead, the yeah. party girl. The party girl with the neck away for a necklace and the, <laughs> the telephone cord headband. Which, if, unless you're from, what, 80s, 90s, you won't know what a telephone cord is, probably? Yeah, yeah, you can pre, uh, pre-90s. <laughs> pre-90s, what a telephone 90s and earlier. Look up rotary phone, <laughs> then you'll see what a telephone God, cord I hate is. Call, I hated calling people that had zeros in their number. It took forever <laughs> for that rotor man. to go all the way around. <laughs> I do was, miss rotary phones, though. They're fun. Was your phone a walrus? <laughs> <laughs> the rabid weasels. Was actually those those toy monkeys out of the symbols? Oh, the bag of quote rabbit weasels. weasels. Yeah, that those toy monkeys burn in the furnace without yeah. the symbols. So. <laughs> <clears throat> I have a note of trivia interest. The okay. glass on the drum during the melting sequence wasn't intended to shatter, but the heat from the effect made it break at the very exact correct t- at the, at the uh, right time. During the opening credits, when the zombie is thawing out. Nice. That's awesome. Making it a better effect. It's a good thing they didn't have to do a second take. Yeah, I got that. George was actually writing Dawn of the Dead, while John was uh, writing the script for this one, Return of the Dead. That could be why he didn't return calls. He was busy. Too busy, yeah, too busy. Leslie Nielsen was approached first to be Burke. Leslie Nielsen said no? Completely different movie. Yeah, he said no. Well, he didn't say no, he wanted too much money. Oh. Which. Come on, this is definitely a low-budget film. Yeah, this so is I think a the budget was like film. less than 300000 Which explains why they got young actors Ooh. or B-movie actors. The budget was $4 million on this film in 1985. And it made $4 million in the first uh, opening weekend. How much did it make total? Fourteen. That's a pretty good uh, return on the investment. Yeah, it is. I wonder what it competed against in I don't know that weekend. Uh, let's see here. Probably not a whole lot, because that was before Jaws, after the thing. It was after uh, Jaws. Oh, I... Was it after Jaws? I thought Jaws yeah, was 86. I, I figure out what my Jaws problem. was 76. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. Back to the Future I was 85, though. I wonder if it Breakfast did... Breakfast Club, Back to the Future, Goonies, Weird Science, Fright Night, Legend, Rocky Four, Just mm-hmm. One of the Guys, so Teen Wolf. 85 was Blue. a big year for movies. Commando, yeah, A View to Kill. Oh, Wait. dang. Did I say Rambo already? No, I said Rocky. Yeah, I said Rocky Four. Oh, there was Rambo out too. He was a busy man that year. So last alone. Wow. Saint Elmo's Fire, The Color Purple, Witness. A lot of fucking good movies that year. Out of Africa. Never cared for Witness. Better off dead. Yeah, Witness kind of bored me. It was definitely not a strong Harrison Ford movie. That's it. But I mean, that's a Reanimator. Reanimator. I love that movie. And Max Beyond Thunderdome. Cocoon. 1985 was a pretty solid year for movies. Well, really solid movie year. What's wrong with you, 2000 teens? Get with the program. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I mean, come on. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Wow. Girls just want to have fun. It keeps going. Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Day of the Dead. Yeah, cool. There you go. Okay, I found what I want to talk about. Okay, what do I want to talk about? It wasn't Beverly Randolph. I was totally wrong. I wanted to talk about Linnea Quigley, who played Trash. Yeah. What about her? 
I was saying Beverly Randolph. She uh, played she, Tina. She played Tina, yeah. Yeah, I was saying, I'm, but I was trying to talk about Beverly, or I was trying to talk about Linnea Quigley. This was just her most notable role and gained her the Scream, Scream Queen status. Um, she starred in a number of low-budget films following the popularization of the home video. Uh, yeah, I know. She did stuff like Creepazoids, Nightmare Sisters, Sorority Babes, and the Slimeball Bolo-Rama, personal favorite of mine. And, what a uh, title. I know, right? <laughs> oh, it's great, too. It's a great movie. Um, Night of the Demons, Witch Trap. Um, these are David DeCocteau and Kevin Tenney directors. And um, then she kind of went into a different direction at the end of the 80s and did like Vice Academy, but uh, she kept getting typecast as victims in horror films. Uh... Um, but aside from her acting career, she's also a singer. Um, she formed the all-girl band of the skirts in the early 80s and an author. She's written three books, the Linnea Quigley bio and Chainsaw book. I'm screaming as fast as I can by life in <laughs> B-movies and skin. And she is a devoted animal rights activist and an active member of PETA. Well, good for her. Yeah, so it's a little bit of extra about Linnea Quigley. She's actually had a pretty interesting personal life, too, but I'm not going to just read off all of her. Are you sure? Yeah. I thought of another thing I'd like to mention. Hmm. This... Uh... Movie is def has definitely been kept alive by the fans, no pun intended, because it initially did not get a DVD release, but there was such a backlash and outcry from fans and such a successful campaign that it did eventually get a DVD release. Yay, nice. go fans! I love fans. Me too. <laughs> I love it when fans get shit done. That's right. We want our movies. Although, Firefly Flans, I'm sorry, it's never going to happen. It's Probably it not. Joss Whedon and everyone else has moved on. I'm sorry. It's I'm sorry. I feel for you because I am one. But hey, we got the movie. It's gonna happen. We have to. We have to accept it. We got the movie. You know, come on. Do mm -hmm. um, you have any more trivia that you want to talk about? Any either of you? I think that was it. I no, think, that was uh, my enough. trivia. That's, okay, that's all I got. Do you have anything to add? Any I'm, final thoughts? There's more trivia, but they're good. I'm good. How about a Marigold? Marigold Award. The Marigold Award is when a character place or object exists purely to spout exposition in some way to the audience and is basically like you know a dumpster award where it's just <laughs> it's a bad thing not you, always you, you, we love marigold i mean we love marigold but you don't want a marigold award no you don't if your movie gets a Marigold Award, that's because you didn't do so good in the writing part. But I feel that this movie needed a little bit of setup, though. No, I agree, but I would posit, I would ask, uh, do we feel there? this movie had a Marigold Award? Yes. I, I disagree. I think that Frank's exposition of how the, you know, of the explanation of the canisters was a good pro for the plot. Yeah. It's still Marigold, but yeah. See, I was thinking it was the zombie On the who table. explains why they eat brains and shit. They have well, zombie? Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. There's two Marigolds. But, see, I thought that only added an extra layer However, to the onion. I also really enjoy that that character is in there <laughs> because I love the puppetry and I love that scene just for, like, how they did it. So it's like, I almost don't mind. 
See, I don't think the Mary Girl's a bad thing. I'm on the on the other side of that. I don't think there was too much exposition. I no. thought it was just the right amount of exposition. I think the exposition sex worker was both Frank and the half zombie. I'm going to agree with both of you on that one. I'm going to say okay. they both win the awards this time. All right, there's two. Well, can there be a tie? I think we have yeah. to pick one over the other. Just because there are two characters that spout exposition, there can only be one Mary Half zombie. Half zombie. Half zombie, half zombie. I I have to agree to half zombie, half zombie because I, although I I feel that Frank's exposition was kind of necessary set up the zombies exposition. If you didn't know why they ate brains, it wouldn't really make a difference. Plus, Frank yeah. had more purpose than just his exposition. Right, whereas right. the half zombie just had Frank exposition. was a flushed out character. Well, yeah. then then the half zombie definitely wins over Frank. Woohoo! Marigold Award winner. So. We do love the half zombie, but she still is our Marigold Award winner for this episode. And she's just a puppet. And yes. she's just a puppet. Oh, oh, I am behind on a fan fiction. I am actually. Well, it's time to do ratings first. <laughs> no, so you've got a minute. No, it's not. Are you sure? Oh, yes, it looks yeah, like we're running out of time for fan fiction. Oh. Oh. Okay, go ahead. It's time to rate. All right. Uh, Just Joe, would you like to go first out of ten? Yes, I would like to give this eight out of ten rusty chemical drums. Rusty chemical <laughs> drums, eight out of ten. All right, very good. Just Joe gives it eight out of ten, and I will go next because I can. And Aww. I say it gets eight point five. Rusty chemical drums out of ten. And carnage. Which I'm gonna go seven rusty drums and three eighths of a half zombie. All right. Seven Good rusty rating. drums. Remember, store your chemical well, drums and in cool dry clothes. Right. Yeah. You lie. You lie, and I remember these things. You lie so bad, and I can't even deal with you right now. Because I'm busy looking for fan fiction in all the wrong places. Uh oh. You know what that means. She's in all the wrong corners of the internet tonight, folks. That's everything. They've already got your social security number on the dark web. <laughs> that actually is true. So, I would not be surprised. Okay, there are no movies in fanfiction.net. Sad. No, that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> but there are three. Oh, Lord. An archive of our own. One is crossed with Reanimator. One is crossed with nice. um, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Odyssey, rather. Whoa. Cat People, Teenagers from Outer Space, and Plan Nine from Outer Space. I'm digging all of it. Um, and one is crossed with Buff, uh, Buff and the Vampire Slayer. And okay. Angel. No, no, you've gone too far. I could um, get behind all of the weird side. Oh, but shit. I like his name though. His name is Beer Good. <laughs> Beer Good. Beer Good. <laughs> And this one's Goat Eating Toilet. I like you too, your name. Goat Eating Toilet, be my friend. I feel like I've seen the screen name Goat Eating Toilet before. I don't know. Do you read a that's lot of free uh, animators slash with Return of the Living Dead? No. That's Freaks not a name you forget. No. The Strangers? No. Path of Exile? No. I don't know how you know them. I feel like that's a name, like that's a screen name I've seen on Reddit. Perhaps. From back from my Reddit days. I swear I've seen that screen name before. What was my rating again? What? What was my rating again? 
seven rusty chemical drums. And three eighths of a half of a, a zombie. Yeah, that's that it. Yeah. You know what? Just for that, 7.23 is my rating. Yes, he's got a seven. You're an ass. You always gotta make me be even and normal. I don't know why you gotta roll like that. I don't know why I'm talking like this. And I didn't smoke anything. It sounds like I did tonight, but no. Contact high, people. Contact high. That's all I'm gonna say there. I don't all know right. what you mean. I don't know either. Do you have anything you wanna pimp, Joe? Just not go? at the moment. No, I do not. You don't wanna pimp a gator? Nope. Okay. Pimp free tonight. <laughs> Chaos, you wanna pimp anything? I heard the whole last episode. Oh, fuck you. I took like three hits. Oh, it was more like a ten. It was not. <laughs> no, I don't have anything new to pimp tonight. Do you want to pimp us, then? Yeah, I'll pimp us. Sure. Um, if you'd like to talk about how the issues on tonight's episode have affected you in a special way, please email us. Podcastatnight at gmail.com Or if you want to join and work at our skeleton farm. Or if you want to join and work on our skeleton farm. Let us know that as well on email. I have a feeling this means that you're volunteering to become skeletons, but I'm no, not No, no, certain. no, we'll just harvest them. We just need harvesters. And if you need to place a place to store any uh, drums of chemicals slash cadavers My also. basement still has a place. I still have room in my basement. Remember, it's got to be damp and dark. Moisture is good for steel drums. Where do you find these men? It has to be damp. <laughs> Where else can you find us? Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast at Night. Uh, we also have our own Instagrams. I am Chaos at Night, and Carnage is Carnage at Night. Oh my god, that's shocking. Shocking. <laughs> shocking. Shocked. You can find Just Joe nowhere, because he's not social. He Off doesn't the like grid. the social network. <laughs> and, uh, what else? We will publish his phone number, though, at the end, so you can call him. Yeah, well, you will get to see his pretty, pretty shirt. Yes, that too. Yes. And, um... That's enough. We're on so Anchor. We're on Anchor, Anchor now. So we're on every single podcast platform you could possibly imagine. Please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you do, we'll give you a shout-out on air and possibly some other kind of goodie. Or bribe you. you. We'll bribe you. you uh, maybe we'll give you a goodie if you DM us with a screenshot of your um, review. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And... Um, that's pretty much it. So I'm going to say adios from chaos and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Joe? That's, uh, that's it for me. Have a good uh, good night and uh, keep watching movies. <laughs> good night for me. And as always, we are filmed in front of a live studio audience of cats. Find us at podcastatnight.podbean.com, also iTunes and Google Play. If we're not on your favorite podcasting app, send us an email at podcastatnight.gmail.com.